You're listening to episode 85 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today I want to talk a little bit about confidence. This is something that I actually, uh, I put up a poll a couple of weeks ago in the Room to Grow podcast Facebook group and asking about some different uh, topic ideas that people might want to see. And one of the things that was really coming up was confidence. And I, I really want to dig into this more because I think that lack of confidence is something that holds so many of us back and in so many different areas too. Like ultimately, this is what holds us back from reaching those big dreams, those big goals that we want to have. And we, we let it get in the way. And I'm guilty of this, obviously. <laughs> I mean, every human that I know has, has stumbled at some point because of blocks around confidence. So first, I want to assure you that you are not alone at all. <laughs> Everyone has something that, or multiple things that they don't feel super confident about. And it's not until we're able to find ways to build up our confidence that we can overcome it and then step into whatever it is that we're trying to do. I just see, I've been having a lot of calls lately with uh, all kinds of women about starting their own podcasts, which if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to episode 83 from last week. I talk about that a little bit more um, about uh, helping women start their own podcasts. That's something that I'm, I'm really expanding into. And I've been talking to a lot of these women on the phone and something that is coming up over and over and over again is that a lot of these women are holding themselves back from something like starting a podcast. And this is just one example, um, because they don't feel qualified. They don't feel like they have something to share that people want to listen to. They are unsure of themselves. They're worried about being judged by others. They're afraid that they won't be any good at something. And again, we all feel this way about something and usually multiple things. Um, there are all kinds of things that I feel like this about even currently and that I, I often have to walk myself through how to move past that and to get over that block to get onto whatever it is that I'm trying to do. But what I really want to underscore here is that everyone was a beginner at some point. Everyone. Even like Serena Williams, arguably one of the best athletes in the world, she was a beginning a beginner tennis player at one point or another. And of course, there are certain things that some people just have more talent for. Like there is, you know, an innate talent that certain people have for certain things. And that's amazing. But it's the people that work the hardest who see the best results. And then sometimes you get this, this beautiful combination of, of talent and hard work that then just excels into this amazing skill at something. But it doesn't mean that the hard work won't get you there too. It absolutely will. One example that I wanted to, to share here that really came up for me, and, and I'm not even sure why this was the one thing that popped into my head because I could give you a million examples of times in my life when I haven't felt confident about something. Um, but something that really came up for me 
was that I used to get pretty nervous about speaking in front of crowds. And I had to work pretty hard to change my own perception about that and to work through some of those issues so that I became more comfortable. Like, to be fair, I, I was never like deathly afraid. Like I, I know some people who will just, that is their biggest fear in life is public speaking. And my, my heart goes out to you because it's, it, that's just, it's a really awful feeling. Like really, really awful feeling. I was never to that degree by any means. Um, and I always managed to, to push through it, but I was always hyper aware of how I would speak. So from, from grades four until eight, every year at school, we had to write a speech and then present the speech to our class. Um, so usually the speech was about, I think it was like anywhere from three to five minutes long or something, which it felt like a fucking eternity <laughs> at that age, especially when you're already not super thrilled about standing up and giving the speech in the first place, but just even writing a speech at that age, like between grades four to eight. So I guess age is like 10 till about 12 or 13, I guess. Um, it, it just like a three, three or four minute speech felt like the longest damn thing in the world. And now it, it shocks me that I can easily just release like a 30 minute podcast. Like it's nothing <laughs> like what, <laughs> who, who am I? Um, but it just, it was really scary because I, I was already often bullied at school, but particularly in grade seven, grade seven was a very rough year for me. Um, I ended up having to like transfer classes going into grade eight to get away from one particular girl who was giving me such a hard time that I, I wasn't, I, I didn't even want to go to school. Like it was, it was a problem. So I, I was really badly bullied in grade seven and I was often made fun of for the way I pronounce certain words. This is kind of funny. I was such a reader when I was a kid that I, when you read, like you're reading to yourself, right? So then I would go for a walk with my mom or something and I would be chattering away to her about, you know, something that happened in, in the book of the day. And I would say words and she would have to stop me and try and figure out what word I was saying. Sometimes she would have to actually ask me to spell it just so that she could figure out what I was talking about. For example, I used to <laughs> tell her about, <laughs> tell her about yachts and she's like, what? <laughs> And it was a yacht, like Y-A-C-H-T-S. <laughs> but I didn't know how to pronounce the word. And in fairness, it does look like there should be a, like there should be a, a ch sound in there. <laughs> so that's just an example that I would often end up mispronouncing words if I didn't, if nobody was around to like correct me on it. So there was this one speech that I was giving about, um, I think it was about like inventions. Because I remember talking about like the inventor of, of the Band-Aid and the zipper and the chocolate chip cookie or something. And I don't remember what it was exactly that I said. There was some final line of the speech. I think it was something about the Band-Aids. And I guess I said it in a really weird way. So I didn't actually mispronounce any words in this particular instance, but I put the emphasis on the words in a really odd way. And I guess I sounded kind of weird. And everyone in the class burst out laughing. And I couldn't understand what was so funny because the line was, the line was kind of meant to be dramatic, whatever it was, it wasn't meant to be funny. And I, I was never exactly a comedian. Um, so I always kind of knew innately that 
if everyone burst out laughing around me, it was probably because they were laughing at me. In my, in, in my experience at school, that was typically what was happening. So I immediately go, be read. I'm kind of freaking out. I, I knew that the written speech was actually fairly good, you know, for my age level and whatever, but I hadn't made a joke. So they were obviously laughing at me. And it turned out that they were. There were a couple of classmates who came up to me afterwards and, and said that I had put some really weird emphasis or something because I was so nervous and I just wanted to sort of be done the speech. So I started to speed up at the end and, and I just got all flustered and stuff. And that always kind of stuck with me that every time I would get up to, to give some sort of a speech or something like that, those kinds of feelings would just kind of come rushing back to me. Like, oh my God, what's everyone going to think of me? Everyone's going to laugh at what I have to say. What if I don't present well? What if I mispronounce a word? What if I put weird emphasis on something? Like it just, it's amazing how sometimes these experiences really stick with us. And yet now I not only have my own podcast where I literally talk and give like mini speeches, I guess, <laughs> for, for a living, but I teach other women to do the same thing. And it just seems so funny to me that, that I went from one end of the spectrum to the other. So I wanted to talk about how I overcame it. And these are all things that can apply to anything that you are struggling with getting confidence around. So number one is practice and hard work. Practice and hard work. I know I kind of already mentioned that in relation to talent, but I can't underscore it enough. Practice and hard work will take you farther in life than anything else anything else. If you want to get good at something, you have to practice it. Think about, I always, I love this example. Think about something like walking. You weren't good at walking when you first started. I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you with certainty that you were not good at walking when you first started taking your first steps. You fell down, you stumbled, you probably crashed into things, but did you ever just sit down and say, well, guess I'm done walking. I'm just, I'm not good at it, so I'm just not going to do it anymore. Right? Like, no one did that. So why is it that we assume that we should be good at something else that is brand new to us the first time we try it? We're not supposed to be good at things that we've never tried. That's the whole point, is that we have to learn it. We have to practice it. We have to work away at it. And over time, you're going to get a little bit better and a little bit better and then a little bit more better. And you're going to start to build confidence in yourself. So practice and hard work, their importance cannot be understated. Practice and hard work will take you so far in life. Number two is to become more confident in both myself and in what I was speaking about. So to make this sort of apply a little bit more across the board, I, I still get much more nervous about speaking about topics that I, that I'm not very comfortable with or that I'm not fired up about. So I can't tell you how many times I've scrapped a podcast episode at the very last second because I wasn't into it. I just, I wasn't feeling it and something just didn't feel great about it. And I knew that that energy would also transfer in the way that I spoke as well. So there are all kinds of times where I've scrapped podcast episodes last minute and it doesn't mean that I don't eventually come back to them. I probably will, but maybe there was just something else on my heart that day that I wanted to talk about. And I'm all for like, you know, like batching podcast episodes and, and doing all of those things whenever you can. It, absolutely. Planning ahead, 100%. But 
there, there are times where if I've made notes on something and, you know, I'm kind of looking it over and I'm just not into it, I'll skip it and go to something that I'm, I'm more excited about because even as a relatively seasoned podcaster at this point, if I'm not feeling the topic, then I'm just not as confident about presenting it. I'm not as confident about the way that I'm presenting it. And I'm not as confident that if, if I'm not as into it, then why would I expect you as the listener to be super into it, right? Like I need to be into it to expect the same from you in my mind. So that's something that, that we need to remember too, is that the way we can kind of apply that a little bit more broadly is to focus on the things that you're excited about and that you're fired up about. And it doesn't mean that they aren't going to be hard some days. They absolutely are. But if you're still excited about it and, and you're pumped about it and, and you're, you're, you know, waking up, looking forward to getting better at something, use that, use that as fuel to fuel the practice and hard work on those hard days where you feel like shit and you don't want to bother with the work of getting better at something. Use that as motivation. Remember what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Look at the, look at the end goal. Look at the end game and get super clear on that. Number three here about how to kind of improve your confidence, accept that you're not for everyone. Sometimes this can sting. Like even just sometimes saying that out loud, sometimes even myself, I'm like, ooh, but why, why can't I be for everyone? <laughs> we all want to be well-liked, right? We do. It's just, it's human nature. We all want to be well-liked. We all want to be well-received. But the sooner that you can accept that you are not for everyone, the sooner then you are going to energetically shift and open the doors to let people in who are right for you, who do want to hear from you, who do want to learn from you or learn more about you, right? When we're trying so hard to get accepted by people who are not the right fit for us and we aren't the right fit for them likely either in that, in that case. So we need to keep that in mind too. When we're spending all of our energy there, we're not allowing any energy to go towards the people that could really be incredible, beautiful connections and friendships for us, right? So we have to keep that in mind and just remember that no matter what you do in the world, you will never be for everyone. You will never be for everyone. And, and when you accept that, you're going to do a better job of showing up for the people that do want and need to hear from you, whether that's on a professional level, level or a personal level. Okay. Number four, this one is hard. <laughs> be open to feedback. Be open to feedback rather than jumping into defensive mode, which is very easy to do. Again, this is something that I can initially start to, to fall pray to, and I have to remind myself, okay, is there, is there anything in there that is true? Is there anything that I can take away from this? Is there anything that I can do that I, that I can take from this feedback, good, bad, or ugly to make myself better, to do something differently. That's going to improve what it is that I'm accomplishing or, or what it is that I'm trying to do. Right? So being open to feedback. And, and it's interesting because there, there's uh, somebody that I know that is, they're, they're, they're running a business and sometimes they don't show up in a very high energy way. 
They tend to sometimes show up very kind of flat, uh, monotone. Um, they just they they just don't show up well when it's things like video and and audio. So like you know video or, or podcasting or something like that. And yet, they this person is an amazing human being. They have incredible things to teach, beautiful written works, like just incredible, incredible human being. The problem is that I am definitely of the mind that I, I can sense that this person is not prepared to receive feedback. I can absolutely sense it and that they would take it so personally and so harshly, no matter how nicely I was able to phrase it and how kindly I was able to put it to them in a really loving way, they would not be open to it. I can just sense that about them. And that's really honestly a shame. And that's also not necessarily for me to be the judge of either. I could be completely wrong. I don't mean to be to, to come across as like presumptuous or anything like that. It's just the, the sense that I get at this point. Um, and if that changes in the future, then I, I'm, I'm hoping that this person would be more open to receiving feedback because it as painful as it can be, it can be a really beautiful thing to receive feedback and to, to get an honest opinion from somebody about how you can improve and do better, that can completely shift the course of your entire life. Truly, depending on what it is we're talking about, that could be a totally pivotal moment for you. It also might be really fucking painful, but it could be completely and totally pivotal in the best, the best way. So being open to feedback is so important and it is so hard. It is so hard sometimes. But when we can be more open to it, we can just continue to improve and to be the best possible version of ourselves. Sometimes feedback that we'll get is also shit. Like sometimes, you know, there are just, there are like internet trolls out there and people who are just trying to bring you down. Yes, that absolutely exists. And that's the kind of feedback that you need to hear recognize it for what it is, and then learn to let it go. And differentiating between great feedback and shitty feedback that you should ignore is going to, again, I'm going to kind of bring it back to number one here, it's going to take practice. So that that's a little bit worrisome, right? Because, you know, you're probably thinking, well, but I, I don't want to get like the shitty feedback without until I can recognize which one is which, like what's the good feedback and what's the shitty feedback. But unfortunately, that's kind of that gray, painful area where you won't be able to figure out and differentiate between the two until you get practice with it. So that's just something that you have to be prepared for and to recognize that you're going to have to kind of slog through that area in order to get better at it. It's, again, it's just like anything else. It's, it come, it's coming back to the practicing, right? Everything that has to do with confidence comes from practice and practicing all kinds of different things, practicing a skill, practicing receiving feedback, practicing uh, the acceptance that you aren't for everyone, practicing being more confident in, in what it is that you are trying to do and, and being really clear on your end goal. Like all of these things come down to practice. Bringing back to kind of public speaking in general, what's, what's interesting for me is that podcasting has helped me a lot. And I wasn't expecting that to be completely honest, because when I'm podcasting, I'm just 
alone talking to a wall. <laughs> or, you know, if I happen to have a guest, then at least uh, I, I get to have a, an actual conversation. But that's not the same as speaking in front of a crowd. And yet, when I look back to speaking engagements that I did prior to starting a podcast, when or when I'd only been doing it for a really short time, I was still a, a very nervous speaker. I was sweating. Um, I had someone uh, tape a presentation that I did on video, and I was cringing watching watching it because it, my my nervousness was palpable. Like you could just tell. And then people seemed a little bit bored because then it's just sort of the energy that you're giving off. And I was so unsure of myself. And it's interesting that I, I did uh, a presentation for a group of people probably about a couple months ago, I guess. And by this point, I'd, obviously I've been podcasting for some time and I was, I actually shocked myself. I was extremely calm. I was actually relaxed, like legit relaxed. And my talk was way more engagement, more engaging than previously. Like I, I'm still having people reaching out to me about that talk, saying how much they enjoyed it, um, saying you know how great it was, that they'd like me to come back. Like that's that's the difference, and it's come with practice. This was just sort of unexpected practice because I didn't expect this skill to translate. So. It's actually pretty cool that when we take action on one thing, then that can end up leading to confidence in other areas as well, which is like the most fascinating. I really want to encourage you to play to your strengths too. You know, like in, in terms of uh, something like, like speaking, again, I'm just using speaking sort of as, a, as an overarching example here, but this can apply to so many different things. But if we're talking about something like speaking, maybe speaking just isn't your jam too. Like maybe podcasting isn't right for you. Maybe giving uh, in-person talks and, and, and doing speaking engagements aren't right for you. And that's completely fine. Maybe instead you love to write posts or content to share with others in a different way entirely. And that's amazing. There's so many cool ways that you can show up. Like that's the kind of the beautiful thing about our world today is that there's so many options. Whereas, you know, 40, 50 years ago, essentially the only main option to get your information to people was to get up on a stage in front of them and talk to them, essentially, or just, you know, meet people face to face, like one at a time, something like that, maybe write in a newspaper. That was it. Those were your only options. And now we have this beautiful world where there's so many opportunities in front of us that we can take advantage of. And we can do so much with that. So if you're not great at one platform, Focus on what, on what you're feeling a little bit better at and what you're more fired up about. And who knows, when you build up confidence in that area, that might translate over to a different area as well. Just kind of like it did for me with podcasting to speaking engagements. Truly, I never got into podcasting thinking, hmm, this is going to make me better at public speaking. That thought never once crossed my mind. Even when I ended up doing this more recent speaking engagement, it still didn't cross my mind. It literally didn't occur to me until like several weeks after. And I was like, man, I was way more relaxed than I have ever, ever been doing a presentation. And it went incredibly well. Like I've never had a presentation go that well. I wonder what it was that was different. I was fired up about the topic. I'd had all kinds of practice. Um, I, I'd worked really hard to get to this point and it showed and I felt the difference. So building confidence is possible and learning to build it is a skill and is one of the best skills that you can ever have ever because then you can use that skill in so many other amazing ways. 
So I hope that this has given you a little bit of insight and maybe some, some things to work on. And just as a quick recap, um, in terms of the, the building confidence, number one is practice and hard work. Number two is becoming a little bit more confident in yourself by making sure that you are, you know, excited and fired up about what it is that you're trying to do. Really getting clear on, on your why. Uh, number three is accept that you're not for everyone. And number four is to be open to feedback. So all of this is going to be in the show notes as well. Um, but I, I'm really excited to hear from you about this one. I would love for you to pop into the Room to Grow podcast Facebook group or message me on Instagram. Instagram tends to be like the best place to, to find me where I'm hanging out the most often. And let me know what it is that you're currently working on building confidence with. What it is that you're working towards and maybe a step that you are taking to help boost that confidence a little bit. I would absolutely love, love, love to hear from you on this and to see what you're working on, to see what you're working towards. It would totally make my day and I would just really, really love to hear from you. Um, don't forget as well about the weekly challenge that is posted in the Room to Grow podcast Facebook group every Monday. So this week's challenge, each challenge is basically just about some very small little thing that will make your life better. Literally just make your life better in a very tiny incremental way. And it's just a really great way to make yourself happier, right? It, it's it, because ultimately that's, that's what it's all about. That's what we're all here for. So this week's challenge is to read 20 minutes a day. And yes, audiobooks do count <laughs> there. I always get people like starting this debate that if you're, if you're listening to an audiobook, it's not the same as reading. It is absolutely you, you are still absorbing the content. So I would argue that it is absolutely still reading. <laughs> so I'm really excited to, uh, to see what everybody is reading. We've already had a bunch of people posting uh, what books they are currently reading this week as well. So make sure to jump over there and we will be back on Thursday. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.